The Summit Lighthouse brings you practical spiritual answers and is the open door to sacred mysteries. These teachings, delivered by Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet, are compelling, thought-provoking, and timeless. Here are your hosts, Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. And hello, seekers, uh, masters in the making. You have tuned to The Open Door, the online voice of the Summit Lighthouse, where we publish, promote, and practice the teachings of the Ascended Masters, and where we invite you to awaken to the light within. I'm Tom Schumacher. I'm Terry Kennedy. I'm Sid Bennett. Hello, gentlemen. Hello. Well, we're about to embark on another series, not a 15-parter like the last one, but maybe three parts this time. On the various levels of initiation, I've thought many times over the course of the uh, development of this show that it'd be kind of fun to do this. You know, what are the levels of initiation? What are the steps that everybody goes through, start from the beginning and get to the end? And uh, one of the things that um, we're going to talk about today is the first levels, number one, number two, which are student and chila. So we'll start with the student. And I want to kind of make a point here because everybody's been one. We've all been uh, at that point where we've studied the different pathways that we've looked at or have been introduced to us, and we've thought about which one's the right one to take, you know, how do we know what the difference may be, and while it's a very exciting time as we sort and sift through the various options that we have, it can also be a dangerous time, because this is one of those levels where we maybe don't have quite the discernment that we will get one day. Yeah, there's there's a risk involved here that, that because of your level of development, um, you might be fooled. Yep. By something that sounds appealing but really isn't. And that's, we've talked very often about the gift of the Holy Spirit here. And um, one of the most important ones is the gift of discernment. So whatever you're exploring, you're teaching, or wherever you're going, ask the Holy Spirit to give you that gift. Maybe you don't have it fully, but maybe for what you're looking at. And what we always say, of course, is you don't take someone else's word for it. You follow the heart and the vibration and where you're led to. And what resounds with you. And I think that the the concept of being a student sometimes is an appealing one. Gee, I can go here, I can go there, I can do this, I do that. And maybe not taking any responsibility. You know, I'm just here to find out who you are. Which, of course, is appropriate. But at some point, you want to, don't be surprised when you find what you're looking for. Obviously, we think this may be the the right path for you. Maybe. Um, And what it opens (laughs) the door for. And what it means to go beyond student and really pursue that which your soul is prompting you to do. Well, you know, at, at this level, um, there are no vows. There's, there are no commitments. You know, you're still kind of you're looking. You're, you're looking with, with what the Buddhists call, I think, beginner's eyes. Just look at the possibilities. And then, as you said, you can ask for guidance. You can ask the Holy Spirit to tell you or to share with you or to give you the inclination that you may need to make sure this is, in fact, the right path and not one that's, Maybe 95% right, but the 5% that isn't right is the one that takes you way off the beam. Exactly. And I think that's what a lot of people don't realize is they may pick up a book or something and find, gee, there's some truth in here. And there is. Yep. You know? And sometimes there might be only 1% falsehood. But as Mrs. Prophet's talked in the lecture excerpt we're going to be hearing uh, a little later on, you know, what happens is you get tied to a false teacher sometimes. Yeah. And they get a hook in you, so to speak. And so you have to be very careful and not fearful, but careful and trust God that they will lead you. And, you know, it's like when we people come to one of our services, I mean, explore our teachings. I mean, there's a lot to learn, obviously. We're all still learning. And so just remember, don't have to make a decision day one. You yep. know, just keep 
open, ask the Holy Spirit to guide you, and things you don't understand, put on a shelf and say, well, I'll bring those down when, I, when the time is right. So I think what, what we're saying here is that being a student is a very important part of your spiritual quest, but it is not the end of your quest. It's the beginning. And I think as Churchill said during World War II, it's not the beginning of the end, but it's the end of the beginning at a certain <laughs> right. point. And yeah. so just be open to taking that next step. Don't be perpetually a student, but when you find that which your heart resounds and resonates with, pursue it. Well, you know, we've talked before about the ways in which our paths have unfolded. And we've all been involved in organized religions of different kinds. And after we left those, we explored different highways and byways of spirituality. I can you know, say for myself that I went from the Catholic Church, studying to be a priest, into a short first uh, brush with Buddhism. But then I was you know, studying the I Ching and the uh, conscious evolution pr- movement that was kind of big in Esalon in California. Um, I forget the other one. There, there was A Course in Miracles. And I remember one of the first teachings I was exposed to said, you don't step on anybody else's path because ours is unique to us and the masters will give us what we can take. A lot of times we're given clues, we're given different signs that lead us in a certain direction to take a piece of this or a piece of that and gradually mold what we know into the truth that is the one that truly endures. And I think that for many of us, we find the ascended masters at the end of that rainbow and suddenly the crazy quilt of all our different choices makes sense. Things fall into place. They do. Yeah, and and you know what? Depending on what our needs are spiritually and going forward, I mean, I I I said, hey, there's something I can do about what's going on, on this planet. This is through the science of spoken word, through our decrees and invocations. Yeah, you know, I can make a difference on this planet, not as a, as a human being, but because of the light within my heart and the light that I invoke. And that was very exciting to me because I was so burdened what I saw on the planet and the suffering and so on and so forth. So there's sort of something here for everybody. Um, <laughs> and, you know, we've talked about the seven rays. and People are on different rays. Yeah. And so, you know, that's what they're pursuing, either with their career or their path or whatever. I mean, you know, I'm yeah. not going to be on the art ray, you know, <laughs> or the music one, even though I like to sing, you know, that's okay. I'll, I'll catch up on that in heaven. But other rays. So there's something on the path of the Ascended Masters for everyone, no matter where you're at. And, you know, uh, something interesting about our organization is that you do have some very definite uh, initiatory steps that you can take. For instance, when, you, when you're first exposed to the teachings of the Ascended Masters, you can be reading the Pearls of Wisdom. Okay, they come to you and you can, it's a, it's a gentle way to, uh, to be able to say to yourself, well, this may be something I might be interested in. In fact, four per month. Yeah, four per month. And then, so you read those, and then you get to a point where uh, you're given the opportunity to join the Keepers of the Flame lesson. The fraternity. The fraternity. Yeah. And so, um, after you've taken, after you've uh, gone through seven of those uh, lessons, then your next step is to write a letter to beloved St. Germain and say, I want to go on. Yeah. And so, these are, these are very definite steps of chileship or student and uh and, and i think you bring up a good point terry <clears throat> in fact it's not a one-way street in other words as we start on our path then the ascended masters can start to support and help us and for instance when you become a keeper of the flame you receive a sponsorship from saint germain i yes. mean and being sponsored by a master is not a small thing i might right. add <laughs> because it allows you to go forward and make progress you couldn't otherwise make um, in sincerity and, and your devotion. Yeah. So we're getting kind of into the guru, chila, student, disciple, or disciple, master relationship. 
which is very exciting and opens up doors that you could never imagine for you, simply based on opportunity. Well, we're, and we're going to get to the Chila level here in, in a, after another segment. But, you know, staying here with, for a moment with the student level, which is the beginning level, as I said earlier, it's a time where you're not necessarily expected to make a vow or a commitment, but you're moving in that direction. And as a student, you're still in the process of studying, learning discernment. One of the things that we mentioned here at the beginning of the show was that that discernment is very important. And in order to preserve what you may not have yet in terms of that uh, discernment would be to ask for protection. So that beyond just asking for the student or rather for the teacher to appear, we can make calls for the archangels, for example, to protect us, to keep us safe and secure until we can stand on our own two feet. Yeah, that's really important because, um, you know, there are forces that don't want you to find the truth because (laughs) once you find the truth, it's the first step to your ascension. And, um, you know, that's uh, something that the fallen angels want to prevent because the planet becomes changed even as you become changed. But I think it's important. Don't become overwhelmed. God respects where you are. He allows you to take baby steps if that's what you want to take. But don't let the opportunity slip away. The brotherhood will come to souls three times in an embodiment and give them opportunity. And after that, they won't come again because they respect free will. Now, you can pursue it yourself, but don't. Don't wait till the third strike, shall we say, (laughs) if you feel there's something in here. Some people say, well, I kind of feel it's true, but I don't want to make the effort. Well, you know. That's a decision. Yeah, that's a decision. So, again, you can take it at the pace you want to take it. Free will reigns supreme. So God and the masters are going to respect your free will. But what happens is people get pretty excited, and they want to take the next step and the next. And, And as you progress... God will take you there, but your life changes at a certain point. And I think that's what we all experience. And as you're willing to walk the path with your teacher, whoever that may be. You know, you talk about knocking three times, and we've said this many times to you listening to this program, that you may have been on this path for this, looking forward, forward to this opportunity for a thousand lifetimes. It's hard to say how long this path has wound for you to get to where you are now. You always want to take full advantage of an opportunity when you've got it. Yeah. You know, they don't just think that, well, they'll keep knocking. I'll just be, when I'm ready, I'll let you know. Here it is. No, I mean, we, we know it's been tens of thousands of years uh, since the violet flame was available to outer, to everyone um, on this planet. And, of course, people, why don't they do something with it? Because they don't recognize it. They don't understand it. And I think that's where, you know, the programming of culture diet and all these things do affect our ability to discern things spiritually Mm -hmm. and that's why getting away into nature and private time in the mornings and so forth so you can hear god talk to you i mean who can hear god talk to them in in this culture you know (laughs) if you don't come apart and so forth so the spiritual aspect of your life is the most important we all have responsibilities families problems kids jobs whatever but ultimately, it's what you do spiritually is going to decide whether you make progress in this life or the opportunity slips away. You know, you, you make an interesting point, and we've, we've uh, touched on this in previous shows, but that's why you want to uh, begin to purify your four lower bodies uh, if you're, if you're uh, obviously, you're dr- dealing with addiction of any kind. Yeah, any kind of addiction and drugs, and it's, uh, will, 
will free your spiritual body. And, of course, the alcohol is the mental body or the emotional body and the cigarettes, the uh, the air body and the junk food, the physical body. And, so, and mar- marijuana, which is, quote, unquote, harmless, according to the culture today. Right. We can tell you spiritually it is not harmless <coughs> because it cuts off the light from your I am presence, just like alcohol does. Yeah. So that's why you want to avoid it. And you want to. And, and when you begin to free up these four lower bodies, you will be more... Uh, aware of these yeah, higher you'll, teachings. you'll be able to hear God. You, yeah, you can hear and, God. And, and these are among the things that the student learns as they progress on this path. Yeah. They get more aware of those factors that can affect the quality and the purity of whatever it is they're getting and doing. And some people, when they go to their first conference, they, they got to go outside and have a cigarette on the <laughs> yeah. break because, you know, I mean, they're, you can't just drop all of this stuff at once, you know. Well... Yeah, I know. Cold turkey is probably not the best way to go about it. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, yeah. whatever works for you. Whatever. But, you know, yeah. Don't condemn yourself if you right. are doing or have done some of these things. It's a process. Just yeah. know that you can turn around. God will help you if you need to get you know free of certain things. God does not condemn you. First of all, don't condemn yourself because God doesn't condemn you. Jesus right. said, I did not come to you know condemn people. So God wants you to be free. He wants you to be happy. He wants you home. So take that first step, whatever it is. And you don't have to do everything day one. Indeed. Well, we've got a full slate um, scheduled for you guys today. Three excerpts, in fact, starting with the one that's going to come after a short break. So stay with us, because when we come back, we'll listen to the first of three excerpts about this very subject of the student rising on the path. Stay with us. We'll be right back. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com At the Summit Lighthouse, our goal is to help you awaken to the light within and discover your real self. Today, thousands of spiritual seekers all around the world are using the universal teachings of the Ascended Masters to make their higher selves a permanent part of their reality. And you can too. The Ascended Masters are the saints and sages of East and West from all major religions and spiritual paths. They have walked where you walk and understand the challenges you face. And their teachings are always practical. By applying the science of the spoken word through verbal prayers called decrees, the masters teach us how to harness the healing power of the violet flame and other spiritual energies to transform our lives and our world. On The Open Door, it is our goal and great joy to bring you Ascended Master teachings that you can apply in your life right now. To learn more about the Summit Lighthouse and the teachings of the Ascended Masters, visit us today at tsl.org and discover how you can awaken to the light within. It's what you're here to do. Remember, tsl.org. Those seeking a higher spiritual path question everything. It is the nature of a spiritual seeker. They look deeply at all world religions and know that there are nuggets of truth within them all. The Summit Lighthouse is a deep repository of spiritual wisdom delivered by the Ascended Masters through their messengers Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet. For over 50 years, we have brought seekers worldwide liberating teachings that include the violet flame, the creative power of sound, and a deep personal connection to the Masters of Light. The goal of our show is to bring you timely spiritual teachings that are practical and liberating. 
For a free download of one of our most popular books, go to www.summitlighthouse.org forward slash radio downloads. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Listening to The Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse. Please send your comments or questions to webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to our show. And we are back. Thank you for listening. You're listening, in fact, to The Open Door, which, of course, is no surprise. You already knew that. But today we're talking about the five levels of initiation with the masters, beginning with the level of student. At this point, the student uh, has no vows to take, no commitments. It's a sifting and sorting time. Those vows and commitments will come later. Listen. There are five levels of affiliation that you may seek with an ascended master, with a guru, with your holy Christ self. These correspond to the acceleration of the five secret rays. The first level is student. Under this phase, the individual studies, becomes a student of the writings and the teachings of the master. He is free to come and go and has declared no particular responsibility to the person of the master. He has taken no vows, made no commitment, but may be studying to show himself approved, as Paul admonished Timothy, in order to be accepted as a servant otherwise known as Chila of the Master. The largest body of people affiliated with this movement are students. They are students studying our books that are sold all over the world and printed in a dozen or more languages. People study these teachings readily. They have not had within themselves the desire or the feeling of the spark or the feeling of the love for the master whose writings they are reading to enter into a relationship of chila at the level where the messenger or the office and mantle of guru that I wear might be the intercessor or the mediator between themselves and that master. Now this is a very necessary stage. And in this stage, And there are such people that do come to conferences and that I know personally, and perhaps they are attending services at a teaching center. Yet they do not want to have anything except their personal relationship to the master. And so they may have icons and pictures and they may talk to the masters, but if they ever receive a directive from the master through myself, that requests something of them, they are immediately repelled and withdraw and go further back. Or else, at that level of student, they have a fanciful idea of what Achila is based on the false gurus we have seen parading in the West, which is one of idolatry, one of absolute obedience, When I meet the guru, the guru is going to tell me what to do with my life and everything there is to do with my life. And as you look at these false gurus, this is exactly what they do in India and in America and throughout the nations. 
They proclaim themselves guru, though they are not affiliated with the Great White Brotherhood. They gather around them, chilas, many people who have not a sense of an inner identity, whether the identity of Christ or the interior castle, the abode where the soul may go and know her Lord. And so they are almost non-entities, and they do therefore look for some authority figure who will tell them what to do every step of the way. Therefore, they are easy prey for the false gurus, and they want the false gurus, and they are known as false chilas. So you might say they are the anti-chila of the next phase of true association, but they are also the anti-student because they study the teachings not for the purpose of moving on in steps and stages, but really for the purpose of gaining that affiliation with a guru, which is an idolatrous one. It is always based on hatred and not love, even though it appears to be love in this obeisance and idolatry and worship that is given. Those individuals hate themselves they deny the Christ within themselves, and because they will not have the Christ, they will not have the true path, they follow a false guru, whom they hate because they know the false guru is the false god. And so they have a long tradition of being a part of the anti-god as the anti-father and anti-mother. Many of them do not have a threefold flame, or they have long ago abdicated that flame, and they truly do wish to affiliate with the false hierarchy of the left-handed path, and some of them are attracted to gurus that are intellectual, that are in the economy, that are in politics, and some of them are attracted to religious gurus. So the student level, which is very important, is the place where the individual reads. Whether he is reading the true teachings or the false teachings, he must be sorting and sifting and it is entirely dependent on who that individual is and what that individual is made of as to the choices they make. There is, for instance, the example of a false messenger of St. Germain who is psychic who is in Germany, and his name is Starczewski. And this man came to my conference that I held in Holland. He purchases many of our books which he uses in classes he conducts with people who are affiliated with him. And he will take our paperback books, he's even taken our Keeper of the Flame lessons, and he uses them as foundation teachings, and then he explains to them that um, I do not recognize him as a messenger, he is the true messenger of Saint Germain for Germany, and he can take them much farther than the books and teachings that have been released by the messengers Mark and Elizabeth Prophet. So that is his posture. Well, recently he distributed to all of his students, or chilas as the case may be, the Studies in Alchemy book, which I believe is in German. And it was reported to me that out of the many who received that book, which is simply another release of it because he's been doing this for some time, there were a few like a handful, maybe three or four, who upon reading the true dictations and the true teachings saw through Starczewski and left him and came to the true path. 
Now, we always assume that, that people who are caught up with false teachers are really sincere, but they are duped. That accounts for not more than 3% of their followers. In actuality, false chilas follow false gurus. And when they are presented with the truth and the true path, they do not want it. They would rather have their personality idolatrous, and in some cases, it's a materialistic and sensualistic cult because it does emphasize things, people, flesh, personalities, relationships. It does not take the individual to the highest levels of his inner being. Therefore, the level of the student is where the individual is looking for the teacher, the teacher that is part of his own ancient tradition, where he has come from. And with all of the teachings available from the false gurus and our teaching in the midst of it, we find that people gravitate to the teacher that they are ready for or the teacher that is a part of their long tradition of many lifetimes. So when I say the teacher they are ready for, there are many teachers in the world today who have a goodly percentage of truth in their message. There's a goodly percentage of truth in all faiths and in many of the New Age paths. The problem comes where the error comes in and the error is a psychic hook where the student who is searching gets locked into a feeling of obligation, subservience to, even dominance and control, you can't make it without me, and so forth. And so even though there is error there, by intimidation or by whatever uh, distortion of the true path is taught, the individual feels obligated to stay with a teacher from whom they have perhaps learned some very basic principles of truth, but who cannot take them all the way up the spiral of the spinal altar from the base to the crown all the way up the mountain. And so initiations stop. Without exception, teachers who do not have and have not had the initiations of the Great White Brotherhood do have their teachings center around themselves. And they do attempt very quickly to cause students studying their work to become tied to them. They do it through personality, through a lot of human interaction and uh, praising and flattering people and letting them know that they are the key to their advancing steps. So they do take advantage of new people that should be on the true path. So then out of those who get tied up in these byways that are not so evil, but at the same time uh, not so good either, uh, there are many more light bearers than those who ultimately affiliate with the real, absolute evil false gurus. It is for the light bearers that are caught in the byways, the dead end roads of these various levels of teaching and who are stuck there by something in their own makeup, their enjoyment of the social life to such an extent that it has become more important than spiritual progress and so on, the other reasons I've named. So when we make the calls in our sanctuary for the cutting free of the light bearers, a light bearer who is worth his salt is already seeking and already looking for and may be stuck anywhere. There are other light bearers who, because they're on a different ray, have not sought progress and evolution through a religious path but through any other path that follows the line of their profession, their calling, their karma, and their ray. 
It is at the student phase, then, that people need the greatest protection, the children of God and the light bearers. And that is where we desire to cut them free, and that is where we realize, as in any of these five steps that I'm going to describe to you, a person may decide that he is very comfortable and does not want to go beyond that place. Or perhaps it's not a place of comfortability, but it is a place of accommodation. And I want to go into that precisely because when it becomes too difficult to challenge the not-self, the individual will simply go no further. Now, if Jesus had not given to us this dweller call, the judgment calls, the ruby ray, and the progressive teachings, many, many of you here would have stopped somewhere along the way, not understanding what is the dweller. The dweller is more powerful than the, the soul that is giving birth to itself. That dweller has developed for many thousands of years, and the soul is not able to deal with it without divine intercession without the Ascended Masters, without the mantle, and all of the teaching that is the foundation of it. So we can understand that many of us, had we not been called by El Moria, had he not appeared to me in Boston, had he not raised me up, disciplined me to be a messenger, how far would I have gotten in the understanding of all of this, much less the mastery of it and the getting beyond of it? I can confess before you that without the living guru, El Moria, and his living mouthpiece, Mark Prophet, I could not be where I am today. And that is why the love of the guru is so great, because one has one's real God identity here in form because of the teacher. Yet the students that I'm speaking of are at the phase where they have so much human creation that they fear the encounter with Maitreya, they fear the very next step. And so there is a quote Mark used to like to quote from scripture, ever learning but never coming to the knowledge of truth. The perpetual student, he may never earn a degree, but he's always taking courses. And the perpetual student is the one who really does not want to embody the teacher or become who he is. He wants to go on being entertained. It's just another form of moving on the conveyor belt instead of the upward spiral and getting locked into the astral plane through the human intellect. And so at some point, the student must graduate and he must choose whom he will serve. Back in a moment. us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Right now, all over the world, warriors of light are working tirelessly to defend your soul's opportunity to achieve oneness with God. These spiritual warriors are keepers of the flame, and though few, the power they wield is greater than all of the weapons made by man. Founded by St. Germain in 1961, Keepers of the Flame is a non-denominational fraternity in the tradition of ancient spiritual orders. When you join, you'll receive a series of lessons that will introduce you to a vast and dynamic spiritual world. See for yourself. Access Lesson 1 right now, completely free. No login required. Simply go to tsl.org 
slash keepers, and in seconds you could be exploring a whole new world of practical Ascended Master teachings. Lessons are printed or available online for any time, anywhere access, and anyone can join. Discover your real self and explore your full spiritual potential. Become a keeper of the flame today and awaken to the light within. Please visit tsl.org slash keepers and prepare to accelerate. Those seeking a higher spiritual path question everything. It is the nature of a spiritual seeker. They look deeply at all world religions and know that there are nuggets of truth within them all. The Summit Lighthouse is a deep repository of spiritual wisdom delivered by the Ascended Masters through their messengers Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet. For over 50 years, we have brought seekers worldwide liberating teachings that include the violet flame, the creative power of sound, and a deep personal connection to the Masters of Light. The goal of our show is to bring you timely spiritual teachings that are practical and liberating. For a free download of one of our most popular books, go to www.summitlighthouse.org forward slash radio downloads. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to The Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse. Please send your comments or questions to webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to our show. You know, we're, we're talking today about the five steps of initiation with the Ascended Masters, and we're starting with the first step, which is the student level. There comes a point where the student must graduate, and he must choose whom he will serve. So now that it's time to make a choice, the student realizes he desires God mastery, but at what level and how does he get where he needs to go next? Here's more. So being a student actually must come to an end. One studies to the place where one recognizes that one could study forever, and what one needs is the flame of God mastery. How to get it? One must become a chila. That is phase two of affiliation with a great white brotherhood. This is called the servant or chila. That is the disciple. All these terms are synonymous. Now, the Hindu root of chila, as we know, means slave. And those who attack the guru-chila relationship love to bring this up because they point to the false gurus, how they truly do enslave, with no love whatsoever, their chilas. And they make them obedient to themselves and often engage in brutal and cruel practices. What the servant really means is that the master is karma-free, but the chila yet has karma. This is what makes him a slave. He is a slave to his own karma. And one day he got the bright idea, as long as I am a slave to my karma, why shouldn't I be a slave to a master who will help me carry this karma? I would rather serve the karma of my guru or the dharma of my guru than be the servant or the slave of the corruption of my not-self and my karmic coil. So it is truly enlightened self-interest to become the servant 
the chila of the master. When we therefore serve the master who has ascended, who may have some karma left, and we are assisting him through world service to balance that karma, we are of all people most blessed. We balance our own karma in the process, and we inherit the good karma that accrues to the master himself. We are putting on his mantle day by day, his Christhood, because we have said, O Master, I will help you to fulfill your karma, or I will help you to fulfill your dharma, which is your mission and your duty on the planet. And the Master is grateful because he needs hands and feet on earth, and so if he decides that it is a good risk and someone that he can have a relationship of trust with, the ties are established and the light of the Master flows to the servant. Now this was spoken about recently in the pearls that I gave to you during the July conference. How, when, by dispensation and sponsorship, a person is taken on as a chila and his karma is left at the door and he's called therefore to give service and the master was actually speaking about those in this organization. They no longer feel the weight and the burden of that karma and they do not have the memory of how it used to be when they carried such a burden. So the problem with this level of chila, chila-ship when the chila has karma that is being set aside in favor of world service, is that he now becomes vulnerable to spiritual pride. He begins to think that he is privileged, which indeed he is, but privileged in the sense of being a favorite son or a favorite daughter. And so he begins to believe that it is because of his decrees or his own innate spirituality or a grand person he's been in previous lives uh, or the very fact of his longevity in the organization that he's a very special person among others and among those upon the planet. Forgetting that were it not for the sponsorship of the master, he would be day by day plowing through the dregs of his own karma and a very great burden. So in a sense, you might say this is what has happened in the situation of El Moria. El Moria said he has lost the opportunity for dispensations to his chilas because his chilas have not made good use of all that has already been given. Now, if we don't make good use of the gift of the guru, we're taking that gift for granted. And we're taking for granted that our comfortability is an earned level of attainment. Now, I know people who have had their karma set aside in previous embodiments and have accomplished noble purpose and great service. And not a few among you can be counted in the category of world servers where you may have performed a great service in the past, going before the lords of karma, offering to do it, the karma was set aside for an embodiment. You went forth, you completed that service, you were triumphant, nations were assisted, you did some work of import on the planet. Now you re-embody in what is intended to be your final embodiment and all of the karma that was set aside comes down. So on the one hand, you have the memory, maybe conscious, of having achieved great good things. And that gives you the sense of spiritual pride. And on the other hand, because of that, you deny the level of karma where you really are today. And I have not emphasized this in the past, 
But I have to tell you that it is very apparent to me that also, likewise, not a few among us have a very heavy karma. And when in counseling sessions I may say this to people, they are absolutely astonished. Uh, they think that automatically because they are chilas, their karma must be light. The case may be entirely to the contrary. What I also have noticed is that people who are keepers of the flame or on the staff here and who do work very hard for the brotherhood do not take into account on a day-to-day -day basis that they are working out their karma. So when calamities happen or they may have accidents, they cannot understand. Their religion has failed them. The masters have failed them. Why should this happen to me when I'm a student and a servant of God? when the very principle of the law is that every man must bear his own burden. Now, no one said that simply because you have sponsorship and you may have left some karma at the gate that you are just totally exempt from balancing that karma on a personal basis. There is health karma that comes from previous lives and this one. There is karma of the out-of-alignment state because you have not slain the wrong desire and those desire momentums within you spring up. There's all kinds of karma. Indeed, there are all kinds of karma. You know, how, how many things can we take out of this excerpt? I mean, spiritual pride. We do have karma. We can't blame the masters if our karma descends because it's ours, not theirs. A lot of food for thought here. Yeah, but I think there's also a level of understanding and hope. And, of course, pride has been the downfall of many. Yeah. Um, and subtle forms of pride are the most dangerous. But I think it's an understanding that God does have a plan for your spiritual growth, for your progress, for dealing with your karma. It's not happen chance. There are very, look at the cosmic clock, which is a way of predicting what initiations you're going to have and so forth. But God will put it all together in a package for you yeah. and give it to you as you can handle it, as you're prepared for it. And as you pass the test, you can take the next one. So yes, we have karma and some of us have a lot of karma, but God understands that and will give us the opportunity and I want to remember that promise of St. Germain, and that is that if you work with him, if you pursue these teachings sincerely and honestly, then you can make your ascension in this life or your next one, depending on when you start, start on the path, and I presume on the amount of karma you have. But, you know, whatever you're going to do, whether you make your ascension or not, you are going to have a better next lifetime for all the karma you balance now. So there's, it's enlightened self-interest to tackle this now, not to be afraid of it, but to take the steps the masters teach us to mitigate and minimize that karma, perhaps, and be able to move on and stay in embodiment. Because as we've talked about before, many people will be taken out of embodiment by their karma. Once they start the violet flame and the calls to Archangel Michael, there's mercy involved and they can stay around and balance some more, even though they may be in, for example, a serious accident or something like that. You know, I think one of the points that Mrs. Prophet made was that uh, Chilo's on the path uh, can be surprised perhaps by the the heaviness of the karma that descends upon them after they've had a, a time of good service. And they, you don't want to, I mean, we talked about this many times, you don't want to get mad at God because it's not his fault these things are happening. You know, you're, this is your karma. Yeah. And while the relationship with the master doesn't exclude you from that karma, there is something you said a moment ago, and I think this will be amplified in the next segment after the break, is that there is a certain degree to which we can maybe anticipate some mitigation of our karma based on our dedication and service. It's called grace. <laughs> exactly. You can, 
Take the words right out of my mouth. Actually, it's a singular word. Occasionally, we uh, we talk amongst uh, one another of how much world karma we might have <laughs> broadcasting to the world, but it's a great opportunity. You know, oh, right. I mean, we don't know for sure what we what our burdens are necessarily, but you know, the the, the main thing is just to keep on keeping on. Yeah, with joy. Mean, if this if we have to do this for karmic reasons, what a joy! Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. You know, so God will give you the chance if you have to serve children. What a great thing to do, serving children. Yeah. You know, so there's, there's a solution. Yeah, indeed. Well, let's take a break now. When we come back, we'll listen to another segment from this lecture um, on the levels of initiation to the, the Ascended Masters. This is fun stuff. So please don't go away. We'll be right back. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. Those seeking a higher spiritual path question everything. It is the nature of a spiritual seeker. They look deeply at all world religions and know that there are nuggets of truth within them all. The Summit Lighthouse is a deep repository of spiritual wisdom delivered by the Ascended Masters through their messengers Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet. For over 50 years, we have brought seekers worldwide liberating teachings that include the violet flame, the creative power of sound, and a deep personal connection to the masters of light. The goal of our show is to bring you timely spiritual teachings that are practical and liberating. For a free download of one of our most popular books, go to www.summitlighthouse.org forward slash radio downloads. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to The Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse. Please send your comments or questions to webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to our show. And we are back. Thank you for staying with us. Today on The Open Door, we're talking about the five steps of initiation to a master or the ascended masters. And we began with the student level, which is this level of sorting and sifting and studying and reading. We moved into the chila level where the chila decides to affiliate with a master and begins a a period of, of dedicated service to that master and to the master's dharma. Now, occasionally... The chila experiences karma, as we all do, but maybe a little bit heavier than usual. So what happens then? You know, what happens when the when when the karma descends, got a choice to make? Listen to this. I have heard people say, and this happens so often, I would like to cover it in this speaking that I'm giving to you today. People have accidents, very severe accidents, and they were giving their Michaels before the accident. They had a situation where they could have died, maybe the car was overturned. And in some cases, they have some injury. In some cases, they are totally spared injury. And along comes an all-wise fellow Chila and says to them, well, if you had really done your decrees correctly, you wouldn't have had this accident at all. And I am so bemused by this statement the all-wise, all-knowing commentator who sounds like Job's friends coming along and saying, our God is just, if calamity befalls you, it must be your karma. It must be your lack of attainment. 
Mark tells some very funny stories about people who said the same thing of him because uh, he didn't have much money and they did. And they assumed they had greater attainment than he did because uh, they had produced more money in their life than he had. And uh, would look down upon him with great spiritual pride and disdain. Well, I am here to tell you that we are not spared our karma. But the wondrous thing that I learned is that when you are on the path and diligent in all ways, and the law must be satisfied because you come to a certain place on the path where that karmic record is due, God may give you 10% of that karma, 15% of it, a calamity that could have been much worse, but enough of a calamity to keep you on your toes, to keep you sharp. So this problem comes upon you, this accident, this loss of this or that, and by your facing that with humility toward God and with boldness toward the force and toward the situation and showing that you will manifest equanimity, self-mastery, gratitude to God for the lesson and so forth, not rebel against it, become angry, take it out on others, blame others uh, for everything that happens to them. By going through that, what is written is that the law is satisfied. You need to remember that concept. The satisfaction of the law of karma. That because of your daily service and your attitude toward life, your advancement on the path and all the good you do do, you are exempted from anywhere from 75 to 85, 95, even 98% of that karma. But some of it befalls you to make you realize that you are on a path of karma yoga and you must be conscious that every day there is karma to be balanced. I would like you to think of it this way. If you serve and you decree and you are conscientious in your self-discipline, what you are doing as you balance more of your karma is you are lightening the load of your sponsor in heaven who has sponsored you. As you lighten the load of the karma that he is carrying for you, what do you think he does? Why, he blesses you, he initiates you, he raises you up, he gives you a portion of himself. You have the most all-loving, wondrous gurus that there could ever be. They are God in manifestation. So not taking for granted one's status as a chila is extremely important. The definition of this second level, which is a second secret ray, the individual desires to enter into a bond with the master, to be taught directly by the master rather than through his published writings alone. The servant or chila receives initiations in the course of his service to the master. His heart, mind, and soul have begun to unfold a greater love as appreciation and gratitude for the teachings received in the previous level of student. This love is translated into action as self-sacrifice, selflessness, service, and surrender to the Christ. When this step has been accelerated to the level of the acceptable offering and the chila is engaged in balancing his threefold flame in his karma, he may be considered for the next step. Now what is very dangerous in going from step two to step three is the assumption that one has passed from step two to step three. 
and I have noticed how quickly this comes to individuals who assume either by fantasy, they just fantasize a relationship with a master that they do not really have, or spiritual pride, or ignorance, some sort of out-of-alignment state assuming that one has been elevated to a level whereas one does not have the attainment to be elevated to that level. To serve, then, as a chila is very important. There are ascended masters today who consider themselves chilas of other great cosmic beings yet. And we know that any ascended master we would consider those who are sponsored, who we know, whose dictations we receive, surely must have greater mastery than we have in conscious manifestation, in embodiment. Achila must understand that he is earning God mastery on each of the seven rays. One of these will not suffice. One has to have the balance of the seven rays to move on. One has to have friendship and love and interaction and a figure-eight flow with the lords of the seven rays. They embody the ray and the law of the ray. They initiate us in our chakras. We can't simply neglect one of our chakras and expect to be elevated to the next level. So let us not assume so quickly that we have passed all of the tests of the seven rays and elevate ourselves to a position that we do not have. To falsely do so means we will neglect our tests on the previous rung of the ladder and find ourselves in that kettle of soup where we find ourselves today, chilas, who desiring sponsorship from Almuria will not receive it from him because the gift given has not been maximized. Chilaship, there is no reason ever to feel oneself not a chila even as one goes on on the next levels. It is a tremendous joy to be a chila. Of all the roles you could possibly have, it ought to be your favorite. It is simply a wondrous life to sense that the guru needs the chila when can perform a service for the one who has unlocked the fire of God within one's being. Unlocking the fire of God, isn't that what we're all trying to do? You know, I think that the concept of having a purpose in life, yes, we have a purpose, which is to find God. That's the whole purpose of life, and become God. But the friendship of the guru-chila relationship, the love, is the highest love on this planet. Isn't that interesting? Indeed. It's the highest love on this planet. And so when you can touch the hem of that relationship, the love that will flood into your being, the gratitude, the joy, the happiness— and the humility, knowing that it is grace. And the way to have that love, I, you know, I, I, I make it a point every day to pray on my knees, just to acknowledge to God that I'm not putting myself you know, ahead of where I am. I mean, I yeah. don't want to do that. Who yeah. does? But that doesn't mean there's not an abundance of love and giving if we are willing to make that effort. And that's driving. Well, and through that knee time, the law is satisfied. I love that quote. <laughs> The law is satisfied. Maybe I need to spend more time there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, it takes you back to when you were a child. You got on your knees, and there's something very humbling about that. 
Well, it's, it's very pure, but I think also yeah. you, when you realize that you could lighten the load of your master yeah. by your service, by your dedication, I mean, that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, masters have karma, too, mostly yeah. that has been made by their chiefs, I by might us. add. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, the story. But next week, that. I know we're going to go on in this. This is a great topic. Well, we are. We're going to go on to the next two levels, actually, friend and brother. And I think we'll probably also have a reference in there, too, to the seven, seven rays. You know, they've been brought up in numerous quotes here that we've been listening to these excerpts. And I think we want to maybe explore a little bit more about what it means to balance who who you are as a cheetah on all the seven rays, not just one or two. And we are at webradio at tsl.org. We are. If you have anything <laughs> to say to us, I know we're coming up on the end here. We are I just indeed. had to throw that in. Webradio <laughs> at tsl.org. Throw it one more time. Webradio at tsl.org. Thank you, Terry. I appreciate that. <laughs> but, you know, this is a joy again for us to do this, and we're grateful for you being here on the other end of this entrepreneur, uh, this network, listening to this program taking advantage of the opportunity. And the upper path may be difficult. The rewards are Are out out of this this world. world. Thanks, everyone. Talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you again for joining us this week. Remember, tell your friends and family that they can listen to us live each Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, and Noon Mountain on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about The Open Door and the Summit Lighthouse, please visit our website, www.tsl.org. We'll see you again next week.